We are super proud to announce that Stay Plugged In is now sponsored by HyperX for our online events for the month of August. Prizes will include a Cloud Stinger wireless headset and a Cloud Stinger wired headset for our Turbo Tuesday tournaments for the first and second winning teams. And then for our Valorant tournaments, which are every other week on Thursdays and Fridays, that will be the Alloy Origins Core Mechanical Gaming Keyboard, HX Red, and the Pulsefire FPS Pro Gaming Mouse, which the keyboard is for first place and the mouse is for second place. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today we're diving back into really two of our mainstay topics on the production side of esports um, and also collegiate esports as well. So without further ado, we are joined today um, by Joe Navarro. He is one of the admins in Collegiate Rainbow Six, CSL, um, and does production work with CCS2, another mainstay league of, in the Rainbow Six Siege space as well. And he's also a student um, at Angelo State, um, an accounting major. Uh, so without further ado, Joe, go ahead, introduce yourself. Um, tell us where your passions in esports started and how that background took you to where you currently are um, and all of those different um, parts you're currently involved in? Well, for me, my passion with esports kind of started when I was younger with video games. So when I was young, I played my first first person shooter, which was Halo 3 with my cousins over in Austin, Texas. And I somehow managed to guilt trip my mother into buying it for me, even though I was only in like late middle school at the time. Fast forward towards the end of high school, I'm building my own PC. You know, I've seen a lot about esports. I got hooked on Rainbow Six Seeds right at the end of my senior year. I'm like, you know, if I can run it on an HP notebook, you know, while I'm building my PC, I can compete. And fortunately mm -hmm. enough, my university happened to have a couple of students who were getting a team together for Collision R6. Back mm -hmm. in the day, I was just a player myself, and I was playing on just this rink-and-dink laptop as a support player, helping all these big fraggers out go and just play and have fun. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I found the drive into me like, okay, I'm not really – that competitive you know I'm not the guy who's going to go out and frag I'm not the one that they need on the team I'm the one who should be behind the OBS system or on the side of the rule book you know the producer the admin and so I just started diving into whatever I could find so I dived into a bunch of what we call tier three or tier four leagues in rainbow six and that's kind of like the amateur leagues that's the ones where they're taking anyone and everyone paid and unpaid you know it's just you know all about making a community and gaining that experience for the players, for the moderators, for the admins, for everyone. And so from there, I grew as a caster at first and then eventually got into the producer and admin sites, landing a job with, like you said, CCS, Collegiate Star League, and then finally, of course, Collegiate Rainbow Six, which is where everything started for me as a player. So I'm just there now trying to maintain things and help it grow on as many avenues as I can. Yeah, absolutely. I always love to see the community scene, right? That tier three slash four really just have that platform to give people like you the ability to expand their skills and hone craft in. Um, so my first question would be really kind of just take us through a day of what you do on the administrative side or the production side um, in CCS, you know, C, um, CR6 and CSL. What does that look like day to day? Um, where are your responsibilities for those viewers out there that aren't really sure what happens behind the scenes um, with esports? All right. Well, as far as administering goes, it's a lot of what you might expect. So with Collegiate Star League, we currently work with an email or Discord support system. So players will be either emailing us to a shared inbox between me and my fellow admins, 
or we'll be getting messages on Discord and we handle them accordingly, you know, talking to the right departments as needed. For Collegiate Rainbow Six, we handle that primarily through our Discord or through our battle fight, depending on where the issue lies. And that's a lot simpler because it's a more smaller thing compared to Collegiate Star League. Collegiate Star League has over a dozen games that we're doing, whether it's, you know, Smash Bros or League of Legends, Rocket League, CSGO, a whole bunch of complicated stuff that has to intertwine into perfection. Meanwhile, Collegiate Rainbow Six is just focusing on Rainbow Six Siege, and so that makes it a lot easier for us to handle. Uh, and then with CCS, that's honestly been on kind of like a slow simmer right now due to like COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. we're, we're working on building towards season five and our season two of CCSW, which is our women's league. And, you know, currently there's no officially released date for that, but previously we have released that we're wanting to do that as soon as possible. So as soon as we get the go ahead, I'm ready to start doing production for that. Yeah, absolutely. I know CCS is like the most exciting kind of community driven um, league associated with six outside of, you know, obviously the big one pro league and then the biggest second is uh, Challenger League still. Um, I know there's rumors that CCS might get Challenger League. Doesn't look like that's happening yet, um, but all exciting stuff there. Um, now, next question, more on the production side. Um, you said you have some experience with OBS on the production side. Um, so talk us through, you know, what you like to see in production, um, how you kind of build out your production um, workflows. Um, just kind of explain that process to everyone that's somewhat unfamiliar with that. So with that process, it adds a bunch of plugins that you're not going to find in your standard OBS thing. So it's a, it's a lot of preference, but usually you'll want to talk to your fellow producers and casters and observers and get a system worked out ahead of time. So the worst tier three and T4 leagues that I've worked with would be the ones that put everything off to the last minute, whether it's an hour before the match, 30 minutes before the match, five minutes before the match. That's the worst thing you can do if you're trying to gain experience because then you're not learning. You're just trying to cram things together and hope that you can fit the circle in the square hole. And that's not going to work out in the long run. So ultimately it's about experimenting with not only what these systems like OBS give you at the base level, but also looking into what you can add onto it. Cause a lot of people will make these free plugins such as voice meter banana. It allows you to control your audio system much more in depth. It is a little bit complicated to learn at first, but it allows you to control, Oh, I can hear everything going on, but they're not going to hear me talking on stream, but the cat, you know, it allows it to intertwine much better than just, Oh, OBS is on and let's go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've always loved playing around with plugins um, on my side of the production builds I've made. Voice meter banana is actually the worst one I've ever dealt with. Um, I had to, <laughs> let's just say I had to reset quite a few things. <laughs> um, I accidentally digitally wired things to things that it should not have been digitally wired to, but that's always fun, right? You test some, you fail some, or you make some right, you make some wrong. Um, yeah. You learn from those mistakes and go on. And obviously I kind of figured it out and made my own kind of special build from there. Um, so yeah, that kind of just sparked that little memory of that day that I was not happy by any means. Um, but yeah, so some um, great ideas there. Kind of moving to um, more collegiate based with your student coursework, right? We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording and how so many of these skills that you're actively developing, you know, apply so readily to your collegiate coursework, right? And how they go right. hand in hand and kind of, you know, hopefully foster to that end goal after you graduate of working in the esports space. Um, right. with whatever major or coursework or focus you might have. So just kind of explain a little bit more to that, um, how that particularly applies to you and how you're kind of mixing both sides together to have this well-rounded approach, um, approaching, you know, long-term success in the workforce. 
Well, for me specifically, my job as a producer and an admin really helps with my minor actually. I'm a major in accounting, but my minor is actually in communication. And so I pair that not only with what I'm doing here in collegiate esports, but with what I'm doing with my extracurriculars on campus working for the college radio station. So that just overall allows me to learn more technology, learn more terminology, learn just everything about the processes all in one while also doing something that I enjoy. Now, on a different train of thought, this isn't about me personally, but I've worked with several people who are like computer science majors, and they will be the people who are developing these collegiate esports websites or developing forms to make it easier for players to do certain things. And so shout out to Tango and Den Chief over at CR6. Those are our two main guys for um, dev and web building. And shout out to the whole dev team because without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We're currently building a website to have a whole bunch of functionality coming up for our fifth season here in fall 2020. And they're really taking the lead on this. So I'm very proud of them. Yeah, absolutely. I always love to see those, you know, teams of younger people, like a lot of college students most of the time, really kind of take that initiative and then just launch forward and create something pretty special. Like it sounds like you're making with that new website that can help integrate all these new functions to really streamline the process. Because um, we all know there's, like you said before, there's some leagues, some tournament providers out there that their process is very, uh, we can go with like grainy. Um, yeah. They the least. Um, so, you know, having that streamlined approach just makes it easier for everybody, the admins, the refs, the producers, the observers, the players, ultimately is the most important. Um, so that's awesome to see. Kind of going off that idea, you brought up the radio show. Um, tell me about some of the similarities and differences on the production side um, between like, you know, radio, real big mainstream media format, right? Been around forever um, yeah. compared to the, you know, the new production in esports, right? Really new, only, you know, maybe four or five years old um, on that like mainstay type. Of. So talk us through some of those similarities and differences that you've come across. So the similarities that I find are really more in the processes rather than the actual technology themselves. So you find it in like, oh, you want to work through things before you get all set up. The terminology tends to be very similar because, you know, you're going on air or, you know, you're having to set up the mics to where you pick up this person at this time or if this person, you know, you have to handle the show as it goes on, similar to in esports production. Mm -hmm. As far as the enjoyment, I find it very equal because like at my radio station, they allow us to do our own podcast on basically whatever topic we want as long as we follow sort of like a code of conduct. So yeah. that basically just means no cursing, no excessive toxicity, much like a collegiate pro uh, broadcast. We're not going to be slandering any of the teams. We're not going to be, you know, calling someone else unless it's based on pure fact rather than opinion. Mm -hmm. So between those two things, I honestly see a lot of overlap and it's honestly raised my confidence levels to be able to do even things like the spin podcast. Mm -hmm. About a year ago, I probably would have been nervous as hell, but mm -hmm. because of my radio station job and my interaction with Collegiate Esports and their production side, I'm much more confident in how I display myself and the conversation that I can have with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've personally gone through some of my stuff too, is having these opportunities to just talk freely and openly, um, really just over time builds that confidence, like you're saying. And you can obviously take that hand in hand with what we were saying earlier with your communications degree um, and really advance that so you can apply it. Like I always keep coming to long-term success, which is kind of the goal of anybody is, you know, finding that career that you're passionate about and be able to wake up every day and be like, oh my God, let's go, let's get to work. I'm ready to go, right? Yes. So I absolutely love to see it. 
Um, kind of looking towards the future a little bit, you've had a number of different experiences on the admitting side, on the production side, in the radio and esports, um, and in all these different um, leagues as well. Speak to us about some of the things that you want to see more of or see some change that could help fill some holes that you think are currently there on the esports side of things that you think could improve the esports scene kind of in that holistic fashion and bring esports to that next level. I think that especially since we're in the age of Corona where everyone's going more virtual or like they're getting credit hours cut for the semester or something like that. I think what we really need to see more of is people who have the passion to step up and fill these roles, even if, and this is a big thing, even if you're not being paid, because a lot of people, they want to get paid right off the bat. And I'm not talking down on them for wanting that. But when you first start out, you need to understand that a lot of it's about either honing your passion or developing that experience. So I only currently have one paid gig and that's from Collegiate Starlink. That's because I've been fortunate enough to be contracted for a tournament ad position there. For CCS and for Collegiate R6, currently I haven't worked any paid positions there for them, but we're growing to the amount where I'm experienced enough to eventually get on a CCS production that does allow me to get paid, or we're growing in CR6's size that does allow me to get paid eventually, or if nothing else, be able to walk away from it and see, okay, I'm leaving the team in a good place if I need to leave for like my senior year mm -hmm. for my research projects or my thesis or anything like that. So it's just all about making sure the scene can continue to grow and also making sure it can survive without you. So I want to see more students coming up with that passion to invest time into esports because I have a hell of a good time doing this. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you do too as well, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, kind of, you know, honing your own passion and, you know, paving the pathway for those um, younger than you, right? Those, those that are beneath you looking to grow the same way that you have or I have. And that's something beautiful to see because that just starts to snowball and it grows the industry overall, which is all what we want to see, right? We want to see esports become the mainstream competition of the world, right? Obviously, you guys compete, yeah, obviously you guys <laughs> to compete with world soccer at some point, um, <laughs> which is flying past most of the big ones, NBA, the NHL, MLB, um, NFL is the next Titan. And then obviously world soccer is that final boss <laughs> to put it yes, in esports terms. Um, so yeah, I would love to see it kind of um, looking back a little bit, right? Kind of just going off that last point of creating these pathways. What advice would you have um, for younger students, right? The high school students that you want to see kind of come into their own in the same way you did. What advice would you have for them to stay on that path and really develop these skills um, to be successful collegiately and then long-term as well? I would recommend to be willing to take risks, but also make sure you have counterbalances. So for me, that's me and my accounting degree. I'm not the strongest with computer science or anything like that. So I didn't go into that path. I went with accounting and communication because I know it's applicable to a lot of things, including esports. So while I do want my dream job to be something to do with producing or admitting or even accounting for esports, since I'm a money person, since I'm a finance person, I do recognize that if that does fall through, I need to make sure that I'm not just, you know, out there hanging by a thread. I need to make sure that I have something to go off of. Because at the end of the day, if you put all your passion into it, but you don't have that safety net, you're, you're just hurting yourself more than anything else. And that's what, that's, that's what I don't want to see happen to anyone going into esports. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the esports field is 
expanding rapidly, um, but always having, you know, those skills that you can apply to esports and then a parallel industry as well, right? The obvious one that I was going to say is you have your software developers, right? Those can easily go into game development, right? Where they're creating these esports titles, but they can also go work for Google or Amazon or Twitch, right? All these other exactly. platforms that have these very um, complex softwares um, in a number of different ways, right? So all those skills are so translatable, just making sure that they are translatable instead of having that narrow focus. Love to hear it. I think that's a, a great um, kind of passion or kind of idea from you. Um, kind of going as my last question here before we wrap up all right. is what does the future hold for you? Um, so we talked about, you know, what that advice looks like or the future of esports. Um, but if you could get your dream job, I know you talked to it a little bit, but you can expand a little bit more. Is that dream job, what does it look like? What do you want to do completely um, where you'd be so happy at, say, 30, 35? I think my dream job would be to be some sort of esports accountant and or producer. And that would just encompass everything that I love. So I really enjoy the producing side. But as a student, I obviously can't afford the biggest rig. So my goal is to get to the point where, oh, maybe I get hired by someone, maybe they pay for it, or maybe I just, you know, get lucky with a sale and upgrade my rig and get hired by someone later. So mm -hmm. that's the producer side of things. And then also I'm, I'm getting this accounting degree. I might as well use it, right? I enjoy math. I enjoy the numbers and that would help give me a scope on, okay, what's going on with the budget for esports? What's going on on the corporate side? How are the Priority pools affecting it. How are the sponsors equating out? How does that even work? Because that's a huge thing that I still am trying to work myself into uh, on the internal side with companies like Collegiate Star League, trying to figure out how the finances balance out between all the sponsors, all the teams, all the staff members, and that's that's just a huge thing in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. Fi financial um, general finance is very difficult, especially applied to esports because. Traditional models really in finance don't really apply to esports and people are trying to figure out, okay, what does that new model look like? Because obviously, you know, every company needs to make money at some point. That's kind of the point. <laughs> um, but um, kind of just going from there, having that accounting background will definitely help you in that long run. And something that kind of came to my mind when we were talking there is, you know, in esports, admin is such a broad term, right? Um, right. when you look at like the NFL, right? I always look at it like kind of like that, like the logistical support staff, right? They're all kind of admins in their own way, right? And you can be an admin and be on that financial side, right? You can be an admin and be a rep. You can be an admin and be a, a hardware person, right? Making sure the computers are physically working correctly. You can be a software admin, all that kind of stuff. I think admin is just so broad um, that over time, especially in esports, we'll start to see these delineations um, and changes start to happen. So yeah, unfortunately we are running out of time. I think we had a great discussion on a number of different topics. I always love these esports podcasts because we get to really sit down and look at esports from a different approach, right? Than sitting down just talking about a game, which is what almost all media forms in esports are. So really right. kind of taking that step back and looking at the industry is just so fun for me. So any last comments real quick, go ahead, plug yourself as well. Um, if you want to tell us where we can find you or any of the associations you work with, um, and any last comments, go for it. Well, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Dextros. Uh, that's my tag for just about any platform. So if you find that, that's me. I'm with the dark blue and gold icon. Um, I have the tags to my respectable organizations within my Twitter bio. So that's going to be for Collegiate Star League, Collegiate Rainbow Six, and then also CCS. And, you know, the last thing I want to say is just, you know, while I do it, while I do say have that safety net, Again, 
pursue your passions. That's what college is for, for taking that swing. At least step up to the base and take a swing. Otherwise, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. I could not have put that bet more better said than uh, I just repeated myself. I could not have put that better um, than you just did right there. So once again, thank you for taking the time and coming on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. And you do as well um, over here at SPIN. Um, to everybody out there, thanks for staying the entire time and watching the entire episode. Uh, make sure you're staying healthy and happy in the current pandemic. Make sure you take care of yourself and your loved ones. Of course, um, always that extra layer of safety and ultimately stay plugged in. Stay plugged in.